let us pause for a brief moment and take in more of that lovely silence we just experienced. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Oh, dear God, whether we pray every day or hardly ever at all, help each of us to hear your invitation today to have a more sustaining relationship, connection, lifeline with you. And we pray all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus, who showed us how. Amen. <clears throat> so we meet Jesus today early, at an early time in his ministry, when everything seems to be happening all at once. He's just called Peter to be one of his disciples. And he's healed a distressed man of his leprosy. More than ever, Luke tells us, crowds are swarming around Jesus, following him, converging on him wherever he goes. Though Jesus is without sin, Scripture tells us, he experiences all the temptation, disorientation, and burnout that we do. And today we see a weary, tired, worn-out Jesus heading out to a deserted place to pray, to be restored by God. In fact, seven different times in Luke, he shows us Jesus getting up at daybreak or spending the whole night in prayer. No doubt, Jesus is pouring out his heart to God. But no doubt, he is also listening, like Betsy shared with us, receiving, being replenished by God. And friends, if Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, needs this kind of replenishment, then how can it be otherwise for us as his followers, as his students, 
as his apprentices, especially as we struggle to walk in his ways of love in our very, very tumultuous times. Amen? This past week, on Wednesday, on a complete impulse, I sent out emails to 22 of you asking the most personal question I think I could ask you about your prayer life with God. I asked three questions. How does being still with God actually happen for you? What are your greatest joys and your biggest frustrations? And what questions about prayer would you like me to address or try to address in future sermons? And I ask for permission from everyone to share their responses anonymously. Amazingly, with little more than a day's notice, 17 of 22 of you were able to respond. Thank you. And some of you responded with the few sentences that I was expecting, but some of you responded with a page, some of you with two full pages about your prayer life with God. And I have to tell you, for me, it turned out to be one of the most intimate glimpses I've ever had of your inner prayer life with God. So thank you. Thank you. So what did I learn? <laughs> oh, well, it was wonderful that our, our prayer lives with God are happening in many, many different ways. Some of us connect with God at daybreak, when the sun's coming up with a walk. Some of us during yoga. Some of us while chopping wood. Some of us wake up, or when we wake up in the middle of the night. And by the way, our <laughs> bulletin cover is dedicated to all of our three o'clockers. waking up at 3 a.m. And instead of worrying, lifting to God our church and our world, we're sustained by those three o'clockers. Some, especially our younger parents, squeeze in prayer. <laughs> Good for you during your walk home from taking your kids to school. Some of you, especially our retirees, spend 30 or even 60 minutes every day in prayer. Some of us pray out loud. Some of us meditate silently. Some of us pray outside, and some of us at our favorite sunshiny spot in our home. Universally, <laughs> we all struggle in prayer with our runaway thoughts. Amen? 
that loud cocktail party going on in our heads. Do you have that cocktail party? I sure do. But the good news is everybody experiences this. Even the greatest saints and mystics talk about the cocktail party in their heads. The key is to then let our thoughts go and return back to God. Again and again and again. Strengthening our muscle of surrender. Or as the early Anabaptists loved to call it, Golosenheit, yielding back again and again to God. Interestingly, some of you mentioned that when you skip your daily rendezvous with God, you start feeling wobbly, uncentered, cranky, like a kid who missed breakfast. And this made me realize that we don't pray in order to seem pious. We don't pray in order to be part of some spiritual elite. In these crazy-making times, prayer is about our spiritual survival. Hear me there. If we're going to survive these times as the followers of Jesus, if we're going to keep on loving to the end like he did, we must be connected with God. In the verse we've chosen for 2022, be still and know that I'm God, I am God, we hear God addressing us directly. Be still and know that I am with you. There's that preposition, that beautiful with. Be still and know that I am with you. Be still and trust that I will provide what you need. In my research this past week, one commentator said that be still doesn't really get at the essence of the Hebrew here. A better translation would simply be stop. <laughs> stop. And uh, next week, uh, Danette is going to be teaching us embodied gesture for this prayer, and I think that's going to be, be still, stop, turn off your phone. Many of you said that that's one of the keys, is to set at the beginning of the day before you get to your phone, be still, stop. Before you get to your to-do list, the tyranny of the to-do list, be still, to be replenished and transformed by God. Finally, and you've heard this many times, in verse 4 of Psalm 46, we hear about a mysterious river, don't we? 
a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the people of God. I say mysterious because this psalm is talking about Jerusalem, and there is no river in Jerusalem. Right, Bob? (laughs) The psalmist is telling us that amidst the turmoil of the world, waters rising, like you said, Marcia, empires falling, wars erupting, it all sounds so sadly familiar. God's river of loving provision, invisible but real, is flowing to sustain those who turn to God. So dear friends, we are wanting 2022 to be our year of living more prayerfully, living more contemplatively with God. Letting God's deep speak to and nourish our deep. And did you notice this morning, I asked Marcia to read those Selah, Selah, Selah. There's over 71 of them in the Psalms, and it's probably in Hebrew an indication for a pause, a breath. I want you to know this morning that if you never pray, God will be delighted just to see you take a little, small step. Consider, for example, taking just five minutes every day, five minutes, to light a candle, to sing our verse, and then to quietly center for two or three minutes. And perhaps you would like to center with God with your two hands on your heart. I invite you to open your bulletin to the way of singing this verse that I modeled for you at the beginning. And let's just uh, practice that one more time. I'll sing it once and then you repeat after me. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Be still and know. Be still. Be. So to review, light a candle, sing our verse, and then pause for two or three minutes of silence with God.
And if you skip the first candle part, <laughs> you can do this while you're biking or walking or driving. Just be sure to keep your eyes open. Friends, in these crazy-making, tumultuous times, who will be able to interrupt the injustice, the racism, and the meanness of our times with courageous mercy and loving kindness? Who will be able to have the mind of Christ? Only those who are pausing to be still with God. Only those who have been drinking from God's river of mercy and love.